this is uh, the On Mission Together podcast of the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. Uh, I'm Ken Carter, and I serve as the bishop of uh, our annual conference, and I'm really blessed uh, to be in conversation with Molly McIntyre and Alex Shanks. Uh, Molly is a uh, a layperson. She is on uh, our staff in missions uh, at the annual conference level. Alex is assistant to the bishop, uh, a clergy, and they were the first layperson uh, and the first clergy person elected uh, to the delegation to the general conference. Uh, actually, Sue Hopper Johnson was first elected. She then became a bishop, and Alex Shanks moved into that place as the next person. And what that really means is that people have a profound respect uh, for each of them. They, it means they really trust them to help lead our church in making important decisions. Uh, and that's the kind of people they are. And so we have a call general conference in February of 2019. It'll be in St. Louis. Uh, United Methodists from all over the world will gather to try to find a way forward for our church uh, that that helps us to be unified as a church for the mission of Jesus Christ and helps us to navigate uh, the complexity of uh, persons who are in the LGBTQ community uh, in our church and beyond our church and who are persons also of, of uh, faith in Jesus Christ. This is what we're trying to accomplish together. Uh, and, um, and so we're in conversation now with Molly and Alex, and and the value of of this conversation, and I hope as you listen, is to learn more about this process from two people who will be at the heart of the decision-making process. So um, Molly and Alex, welcome to the conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, I guess I'll start by asking the question, uh, how would each of you describe uh, this process this work, even your role as leaders of the delegation, to people who might not know a lot about it? First, I would say that the General Conference is the official legislative body of the church. It generally gathers every four years, but in 2016, the General Conference voted to pause for prayer and invite the bishops to lead through the creation of the Commission on a Way Forward and to consider calling a special general conference, which will happen, as you said, in February of 2019. The delegates from 2016, uh, uh, which Amali and I helped to lead the Florida delegation, are the delegates to the called session in 2019. And in Florida, that means we have nine clergy and nine lay people who are part of our delegation. And so we will travel to St. Louis to try to discern what God is calling us to do and to be as a denomination. And we take this work as a delegation very seriously. I will say one of the exciting things for us in Florida is we have one of the most diverse delegations in our history, uh, led by Molly in an incredible way, who's a young person who is leading us. And it includes lay and clergy and uh, younger people and people of all different ethnic groups in Florida from across the state. Uh, who have sincere passion to see the work of the church continue. Yeah, and um, every time that we meet, um, we in 2016 um, came up with a covenant, um, and this covenant has rolled over for 2019. We have meetings throughout the year. Um, I think we've already had three meetings so far. 
And then we have another meeting uh, right before we, we head to St. Louis. Um, but in those meetings, we go over first our covenant to start off our meetings in a healthy way. Um, we are a diverse group and we all have many different opinions. So we really want um, our meetings to be healthy um, and to start with reminding each other to listen to each other, to be slow with our words, um, things like that. And um, we do a lot of listening in our meetings. We not only listen to each other, but we bring in people um, such as, let's say, leaders from Westpath to explain to us the implications of even things like pension or what that will look like. Uh, we bring in leaders from church and society, um, just many different uh, United Methodist groups and agencies. Um, we have been preparing a lot. We have been digging deep into each and every plan to make sure that we understand uh, what's in front of us, to understand the implications of each um, each different um Proposal. Proposal, yes, I was trying to think of the correct word. Proposal, yep. Um, But yeah, we just do, we do a lot. And we've been learning a lot and um, a lot of listening to other um, folks in local churches. We've actually, a couple weeks ago, had a listening session in which we um, invited anybody to speak. um, And we, as a delegation, listened to them. Um, we don't we don't know how each other's going to vote, which I think is a very important thing. It's a very healthy thing. Um, we don't we don't persuade someone to vote in the way that we would vote even, um, which is why I think that we are such a healthy delegation. Right. Right. And so the delegation has been preparing, and for this call general session, uh, which is to try to find a way forward for the church. Uh, And there are three plans that were carried forward from the work of the Commission on a Way Forward. Uh, Our annual conference had two persons on that commission, uh, George Acevedo and Alice Williams. Uh, Alex Shanks was also the project manager for the work of the uh, Commission on a Way Forward. Uh, And so those plans will be in a, a book that you have uh, and you'll read those plans. Uh, they're, I guess, in total, they're about 80 pages, uh, the three plans together. Uh, it has uh, a theological statement. It has a missional statement. And then it just goes through the plans, and it has petitions for how to change the Book of Discipline uh, in terms of its understandings of church structure, its understandings of human sexuality. And then there'll be some other petitions that, that came from other places across the world. Uh, that the delegations will read. So the delegates really have a lot of kind of intellectual work to do, right? A lot of learning. Absolutely. A lot. A lot. So there's, uh, there's the relational work. There's the covenantal work. Uh, there's just learning, uh, just our learning curve. Uh, and then our delegation, how many people are in, will be in our delegation on the floor of the general conference? Be 18, nine lay and nine clergy will be voting. Then we have some reserves who go with us just to make sure we always have the right number. Uh, and it will be for three days. And, and, and I would say 18 is a large delegation. We, we're, a, we're a large annual conference. We have a large population, uh, one of the larger conferences in the United States. Uh, and so, as Molly has said, uh, a person's uh, discernment and voting is their own conscience, right? Uh, yes. And really the people who are there are there because 
I think people in the annual conference respect them to do this work on behalf of the church. Uh, and you will have conversations with people from across the world, right? That's right. And, and that's one of the joys of general conferences. You get to meet uh, delegates from around the world who really have a different set of context and a different perspective. And so you begin to appreciate the global nature of our church. Forty percent of the delegates will be from outside the U.S., and so we are a global church on the continents of Africa, Europe, the Philippines, and the U.S. And uh, all will come with their own perspectives, their own thoughts, their own ideas to try to th- discern together. Right. And, and I would say that knowing, knowing you both, uh, you both are people who are deeply rooted in Florida, but you've had experiences of getting to know people. You both, you both have strong friendships with, for example, uh, United Methodist leaders in Africa. Yeah, I was just in North Katanga, um, which is one of our fastest growing United Methodist um, areas. And it was absolutely incredible getting to meet um, people from North Katanga and see the work that they're doing in their country. And I would imagine that in these conversations, you're able to listen to them uh, and they will tell you, here's how these decisions affect us. And then by the same way, because you are their friend, they will also want to know, Molly, Alex, how does this affect the church in Florida? How does this affect you? Um, So I wanted to ask uh, you both uh, uh, the question, as as you gather in St. Louis, as you you prepare, then gather uh, at this called General Conference, Molly, what what are some of the things that are at stake for you? Why why is this important? Yeah, so... um you know, I grew up in the United Methodist Church. I am often um, the way I am because of the leadership skills, the the opportunities that I've had in the United Methodist Church. You know, my relationship with, with Jesus is because of a local United Methodist Church. And I think about, I'm, I'm still a millennial, and my generation, I am always hearing of friends that have grown up in the United Methodist Church that, you know, went to Warren Willis with me, went to FSU Wesley Foundation with me. They're no longer going to United Methodist churches. And I think, why, why is that? Why is someone that, you know, has always been passionate about going to United Methodist Church, why are they not going to United Methodist churches anymore? And I often think, you know, what is going to be left for my generation? So what's at stake is literally a place for that I believe in. You know, I I am proud to be United Methodist because we are we are full of justice, we are full of mercy, we are full of grace. The list goes on and on, you know. When there's a shooting, when there's a tragic event, the United Methodists are always there. I think about recently um, with the, the shooting in Pittsburgh and, and who was there? The United Methodists standing behind um, the people of Pittsburgh. And that's important to me. And I do not want to lose that. I do not want to lose the witness that we have in our world. Our world is so divided, beyond divided. You know, you can't even talk about the United States because that's even worse division. And as a church, as Christ followers, what are we doing? 
we have this opportunity to tell the world, look at us being adults and listening to each other. Look at us sitting at a table with someone that we don't agree with and truly, truly listening to them. Look at us going and talking to our brothers and sisters in North Katanga and understanding that they might have different contexts than we do, but what does that impact have on them if we split the church? What does that impact have on that fifth grader that's just now getting to attend Warren Willis camp and not being able to experience what I got to experience? I truly believe that we are very capable of sitting down together and coming up with a healthy way that we all can continue to not only be the church to people in the United States, but people in the world. It's more important now than ever, I feel like, with what we hear all the time in the news. So imagine that we actually really were truly like Jesus. We actually listened to each other. We actually said, you know what? It's bigger than myself. I need to put myself back and listen to the people, not only people that I agree with, but people that I don't agree with, and have an adult conversation and truly realize that together we are so much better. To United, we are so much better. The work that we could do is absolutely incredible, and I could go on and on and on, but that's the short, the short version that I just truly believe. Being united, we can do so much in our world. Amen. Thank you. Uh, and Alex, uh, as you as you reflect on the same question, what's at stake for you? You know, I've done a lot of listening. Um, I've sat in the back of the room as the commission did their work, as the Council of Bishops deliberated. I've been to every district in our conference and heard questions um, asked from around our conference. And I think all of that has said to me that what is at stake um, is our willingness to truly discern a way that all of this diversity, um, and there is great diversity in our church, could find a way to come together and to do something that the world doesn't do, um, to speak generously, to listen with grace, um, to think not from an ideological point of view, but really with an eye for a strategy of what it looks like for us to be a growing, vital connection. Um, I love our United Methodist Church. Often I hear questions from people and I think, I want you to be in this church. I want us to be in the church together. I don't want a church uh, where we're separated and divided. And so I think what's at stake is our witness to the world, our ministry to the most vulnerable, um, the reality is, is the people who are most impacted by these decisions are often the most vulnerable places that are desperately in need of our resources, uh, those places around the world. And so what does it mean? What, what's at stake? Um, the church being the church in the world for the most vulnerable people so that the witness of Christ could be expanded and multiplied. Amen. Well, thank you, uh, Molly. Thank you, Alex. Just maybe as you... Uh, allow people to um, uh, leave this conversation and, and maybe wondering, well, what can I do with this conversation? Uh, what guidance would you give people uh, about um, some constructive th- next steps 
for them. Maybe they're a United Methodist. This conference is several months away as we're having this, as we're meeting together today. Uh, what can be some constructive next steps for anyone listening to this? Um, I would say first continue being the local church. Do not start making decisions based off of what will happen in February. Continue to get out of your your walls, continue to serve your community, continue to serve, 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 Um, continue to grow as a church. Um, I would also add, um, really be careful with what you read. There are many blogs out there. I think everybody likes to blog right now. And everybody has a difference of opinion. But really, really be careful of what you read. Um, If you are in Florida, the Florida Conference has great resources that are online. Um, They are often updating. You can watch videos. You can listen to podcasts. Um, There's just many, many ways that you can hear about things um, in, in our conference setting but really be careful with what you're reading and if you have a question ask somebody that's what I've come to learn you know I recently when I was in North Katanga we often hear about things and I said you know what I'm just going to ask another delegate from North Katanga so I asked her so ask people don't assume don't say well I read this so that's probably the truth it's often not the truth um, so really, really ask and, and um, listen, and I think that will help you in a, in a long run. Yeah, in addition to that, I'd say one of the resources we've built with a diverse team was the POV or point of view work that you can do in any local church. Uh, you can do it over a day or over a two or three week period. It's not meant to change anyone's mind or perspective, but it's meant to engage in a different kind of conversation, to grow in empathy and understanding, to generate new kinds of dialogue that are civil and generous. And so uh, if you have not uh, found the POV material, you can go to our website, flumc.org, and click on Way Forward Resources. There you'll have an email address, POV, at flumc.org, where you can go. And all of this material is there. Any church can do it. Anyone can facilitate it. All the training is there. And folks who have done POV, and we've had hundreds of churches do it at this point, have said that they've walked away understanding the variety of perspectives and appreciating the diversity of our church. And I think all of us can do that. In addition to the POV, I just would encourage you to pray. Uh, Pray for our church. Uh, There's a Praying Our Way Forward website that gives you resources to pray. And if you're not regularly inviting God um, to change you and to shape your heart as we approach St. Louis, uh, we just invite you into a spirit of prayer for our church and for our conference and for each of us. Well, uh, I want to thank uh, both of you for really how much you've invested in um, in um, your life and in your faith uh, and through the church, uh, the leadership you've offered. Uh, people called you into this leadership and Sometimes I know it can feel like you're at the kind of the center of uh, uh, some chaos uh, and uncertainty, and yet I know that God is using you, so I thank you both. And you've invited us to pray, Alex, so uh, I invite us now just to have a, a brief closing prayer and, and those listening to join us. Um, 
O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we do ask that you would make us one uh, with Christ, uh, who is our Savior, uh, who's the Savior of the world, that you would make us one with each other, and that you would make us one in ministry to all the world. Uh, We thank you for Molly and Alex, and really we thank you for anyone listening in on this conversation. And we pray that you would use our lives, our gifts, and our faith to glorify you and to be your instruments of justice and mercy and hope.